Welcome to this episode of No Challenges Remaining, live from Friday at the French Open. I am Ben Rothenberg. Courtney is not here tonight, but I am joined by a very special guest from Catalonia. Oh, it well is, done. Yeah. It is Marta Mateo of La Vanguardia. See? Yeah, well done. Perfect. How are you doing? Yeah, a little bit, I don't know, shocked, I would say, because today's news are not great news. Yeah. So the news that we're referring to, obviously, is Rafael Nadal withdrawing from the French Open pretty unexpectedly. I don't think people really saw this coming before there was a five-minute warning that he was coming to press, and everyone went running to press, assuming that he something had to be serious if he calls a press conference on a day when he didn't play, and the news was not good. He has a wrist problem that's been going on for a few weeks and getting worse, and so he felt like he had to pull out and that he was risking uh, further injury by playing on. So let's put some audio of that right now. Well, just um, hello, and I'm here just to announce that I have to to retire from from the tournament because I I have uh, a problem in my in my wrist that um, I I have since a couple of weeks. That and this every day that happens is stronger, and I arrived here with a little bit of pain, but something that. I think I was able to manage, and uh, every day was a little bit worse. And uh, we tried to do all the treatments possible every single day. We spent a lot of hours here working so hard to to try to play. And uh, yesterday I played with uh, an injection on the wrist with uh, with anesthetic, you know, just to to slip my my wrist to to play. And uh, I could play, but the real thing is yesterday night I started to feel more and more pain. And today in the morning, I feel that I could not move much the the wrist. So I I came here. I I did the um, MRI and I did uh, the echography. So well, I, yeah, and. The results uh, are not positive, and uh, the the real thing is um, is not 100 percent. You know, it's not broken, but uh, is uh, if I keep playing, gonna be broken the next couple of days. You know, and every day the image is a little bit worse. So um, it's obvious that if he's not Roland Garros, I will probably uh, not take risks on playing the first two days, but it's the most important event of the year for me. So we tried our our best. We we take risks yesterday. That's why we played with the with the anesthetic uh, injection. So without feeling at all on the on the wrist. But um, you know, when I'm coming to Roland Garros, I'm coming. Today I'm coming thinking about winning the tournament and uh, to win the tournament I need five more matches and uh, the doctor says that's 100% impossible, that's going to be 100% broken. So Marta, I guess what was your first reaction? You you follow Nadal closer than I do being a Spanish reporter over these last few weeks, months. Uh, did you see this coming? Are you surprised? Does it make sense? 
we've been seeing him with some tapes on his wrist, although he was playing great, making good results. So we didn't expect also here that he would actually pull out. The scenario was we were having a press conference with Albert Ramos because he went through to... With Zach. Yeah. To, for the first time in his career. So we were having a lovely press conference. He was talking about it was his dad's birthday and uh-huh. he had to postpone the celebration because it was his um, 60th birthday and so on. And then suddenly someone from ITF came inside and said, Ralph is coming in five minutes. <laughs> so the press conference has stopped, obviously. So we went into the like massive press conference room. I hope, first of all, I hope that Albert wasn't sad that you left him. No, because it was the end of the re- of the press conference, okay. and and actually he's like over the moon. So he was really really happy of going through because actually he said that he thought that the match was like being away from him because Jack was playing really good on the fifth set. Yeah. So yeah, I saw Rafa when he was trying to get in. And then I saw that he was wearing this, like, thingy on the wrist. And that was it. We knew at that point that that was the news. But as I said before, uh, in Madrid, he was okay. We saw the the treatments and so on, but we didn't think that it was something bad. He's used to so many injuries that you never expect a new one in a different place. Yeah. All the time, there's something new. It's when I, never when I first the heard, same. When I first heard it was wrist, I was like, okay, that's like it was in 2014. No, but it's the other wrist. It's the that other That was the one. right wrist last time. Exactly. This time it's the left wrist. So, I mean, the thing is with that, I guess, I don't. I mean, people were talking for his entire career, like even from when he was very young. Like how long will his body be able to hold up with the style of play he does? Because what he was able to do for so long and still able to do pretty much physically is unbelievable. It's the most one of the most physical players ever. Yeah. And... I guess it's not surprising that there would be long-term issues or long-term wear and tear, uh, but it is a definitely a different spot. And he never had any that I can remember any left arm, any part of the left arm, shoulder. Not it's always always remember, fine. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, he had this instant of honesty during the press conference, like that he was actually just opening his heart, saying, I would prefer to have this injury last year because he was having so many issues. That would be just one more. But this year, he was playing great. He's at, like, his energy was back again. His confidence was back again. And now you have this, it's like a snap in your face, you know what I mean? Like, not again. No. I guess, what is what is the mood surrounding Nadal, I guess, in Spain? I guess people are, people, he hasn't won a Grand Slam in a couple of years now, since here last year, last in 2014. So yeah. two years now. Without a grand slam for him, people pessimistic about him, about his future, or people still this year. I guess probably gave a lot more hope. He won uh, Monte Carlo, he won Barcelona, he was having a very good year, and uh, I guess not the beginning of the year because Australia wasn't any good. But uh, was there optimism? I guess around Rafa. The thing in Spain, you know what it's like. We are very passionate, so when we are up, we are very up. When we want to put something down, we just put them like yeah, yeah. like super super down. But in Rafa's case, I would say that like his, all his trophies, his attitude, he's a role model as well. So people keep faith on him because he's Rafa. I would say that if it was a different player, they would say, oh, he's going to retire like this year. But not with him, no. I guess, I guess in, while we have you here, this gener- generation of Spanish tennis that he's a part of, the Armada, yeah. as I know, seems to be aging. 
I guess, uh, David Ferrer is out of the top 10 for the first time in a long time. Feliciano Lopez is still playing, but he's getting older. Robredo, everyone's getting older. I mean, is there, is there a sense in Spain that it's, and there aren't that many young players coming up who look able to reach those same levels? I mean, there's Cranio Busta, but he's not really at that same sort of, doesn't, it's not clear the potential is there to be a top 10 player. So is, is there just overall the mood of Spanish tennis? Is it seen as a transitional it time. seems like we have to go towards WTA you know, yeah. instead of just like sticking with ATP. As you said, they are aging. It's an unbelievable generation. I don't think that we're going to have ever something like this because it's like maybe 10, 12 players like being at the top, top oh, level, yeah. winning trophies everywhere. It's, if it's not Feli, it's Fernando. If it's not Fernando, it's Roberto Bautista, whoever. It's Actually, Mark and Marcel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... They are aging. They they keep their fitness okay, but eventually they're gonna have to say goodbye. This is it. And um, as I said, now with Garbiña and Carla, it's like okay, we have them there, but in the ATP side, there's no one coming up at the moment. No one. There's nothing that you think okay, let's gonna have some hope here. No, not not no. at all. No, that's too bad. And I guess this, I don't know if the Davis Cup situation affects that at all because it's been a couple years. Spain out of world group, which is even for me just unbelievable that could ever happen, even with this current yeah. aging. But they still are like one of the best men's country, if not the best men's country. So exactly. So let's yeah. see how it goes. But as you see now with the Olympics, Feli also said that he doesn't want to go because he's had the experience, so he doesn't have to go. And it's like you can see that there's no much Spanish sort of like feeling anymore that they are just like i don't know i think the end is coming to be quite honest <laughs> that's, that's dark but i mean yeah. i guess for nadal though i mean he was saying he didn't rule out wimbledon i mean i i don't think from what he was saying i don't think i would be surprised if he was you know winning wimbledon honestly or you know playing at his best there with how serious his injury seems yeah. to be um i guess not that either of us are doctors but it's a sense that you get that this is a going to be a major major setback in his career we don't we don't know i guess if I was on his shoes, is that correct? In expression? his shoes, yeah. In his shoes. I would just pull out Wimbledon because the Olympics are there. He missed London. It was a heartbreak for him. And if he misses Rio, that would be something super bad for him. That's for sure. Because he's the one that loves the Olympics, that loves going there, like living in the villa, just like be surrounded by other sportsmen, just learning about other sports, just feeling this is Spanish like community. And if you go to Wimbledon and you make your injury more serious, then forget about Rio. That's what I think. Yeah. Obviously, Wimbledon is a huge Grand Slam, is a Grand Slam that he loves, but is the one that lately he's been having more problems. He hasn't played well there lately at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's true. And I've said that even with Federer, the opposite. I was saying with Federer when he was trying to play in, when he did play in Rome, and I guess he eventually pulled out here, but I was saying, I was, I asked him directly and was thinking, why are you even trying on clay? You know, this is not, you're not going to win the French Open, Roger. I mean, you could, I mean, it's, it's not completely impossible, but the odds are very against it. And there is this other event coming up in Wimbledon where you can win and you can do really well. And I guess for Rafa, it's probably the same thing with the Olympics. I don't know. We don't know about the conditions of the courts or anything in Rio, but he's done well in South America before he's won Rio, the 500 tournament. Yeah. So I would think that, yeah, his shot would be better there. And we'll see. On the whip. Yeah. Go ahead. I, w I would skip the grass swing. 
Yeah. Because it will be worse for sure. I would skip it for sure. But then again, uh, he has so many interests that probably he wants to really play them. I don't know. But I would be really cautious on that because if it's true what he was saying during press conference, that's like he was risking here. Imagine that the tendon snaps. How long he's going to be off? No. can be months. So I wouldn't risk it at all. He needs to rest. He needs to protect his tendon and his wrist and just be prepared for whatever it comes. Because I think he can do a really good US swing as well. So yeah. let's see how it goes. I would hope so too. Um, I guess just getting to general questions about you. Yeah. If we haven't had you on the show before, you've been on our wish list for a long time. <laughs> so this is exciting. Uh, I guess, what has it been like covering this generation, like you said, this golden generation of, of Spanish tennis, and I guess led by Rafa in particular in the US? We have Serena, but on the men's side, we don't have anybody winning 14 Grand Slams. So tell me what that's like. I have no idea. Well, here's the thing. I'm younger <laughs> than Rafa, yeah. so I'm 28 at the moment. And when I just started to cover tennis, I've been always surrounded by, surrounded, yeah, by champions. So this is really weird. I've been in so many press conferences. I've been like chatting all the time with great players. And at the same time, I didn't have the chance to chat to new players coming up. Because I have to be with all the Spaniards that I have. Like, for instance, in Roland Garros, we have like the first week is hectic for us because we have like 15 press conferences per day and they go really far in the competition. So for us, it's a gift. Yeah. Because we have the opportunity to just like travel around the world. And and I'm pretty sure that if we didn't have a Rafa or a Garbini or a Carla, probably we wouldn't travel as much as we do. So for me, it's a huge experience. Although I don't know if it happens the same to you, but you just feel like there's so much tennis in your life that when you talk to somebody else, <laughs> they are just like, I don't know who they are. And I'm like, seriously, you don't know who is whoever? And they are like, no, my God, he's amazing. He won like, I don't know, in Casablanca. And they are like, well, yeah, but I don't know. So yeah. I don't usually try with non-tennis people. I don't even try to speak tennis to them. Yeah, so. But maybe I should, maybe, yeah, that's probably why. Because they wouldn't know. If I said, yeah, I've, I can tell stories about trying and just failing to speak the language of tennis. But you mentioned Garbini and Carla a couple yeah. times. So what is this, what kind of attention are they getting in Spain? Having this new uh, pair of two women in the top 10. I like guess first time really there's been a big Spanish presence in WTA since Arancha and Conchita. And Conchita yeah. So I guess what, how, how much uh, excitement is that generating? They both lost pretty early in Madrid. So we, I didn't get to see like the, I never, I didn't get to see either of them play in person. Yeah. But I'm just wondering what sort of the reaction to those two well, players is. Well, unfortunately, Carla was ill. So yeah. Yeah. Poorly ill thing. She was like coughing everywhere. She couldn't even breathe. Uh, and I think Garbine. She had a really tough um, match, but then in Rome, he kind of lifted again. Her, yeah, made a semi game, in Rome. Yeah. So, here's the thing. They are so different <laughs> that this is exciting because Garbine is the type of player that you wouldn't say that she's a Spanish because she's really direct, like two or three shots, like boom, 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 like amazing serve. And Carla is the other. It's like slicing, amazing forehand. Well, actually, amazing backhand, one one hundred actually, mm-hmm. so lovely one. And Garvin is more spontaneous. Carla is like more. She needs to think first what she says. She's more like I would say more mature, and Garvin is more like fresh, more like bubbly. 
So it's exciting for us because then you have so many things to write about. And actually with Garbini, I would say that you sense that there's something really, really big with her. I would say to make a comparison, Carla is the example of a David Ferrer. Okay. Someone who works really hard, who has talent, but maybe for the general public, you wouldn't like actually, I don't know, you feel more empathy with Carla, yeah. but then you admire most like Garbini because she's more like the star and Carla's more like the worker. I would say. That sounds completely right to yeah. me. No, I think that I think that's totally true. And they both have been doing really well yeah. together and uh, playing doubles together, obviously. And I guess Rio, I know there's some talk about Rafa and Garbini. I'm not, I'm kind of, I kind of don't believe Rafa's going to play mixed doubles. I'd be surprised. I don't know. I think he's never I played mixed doubles in his life, though, has he? You think I he will? I think they are, yeah. Because, I mean, we've never had something like this before. Like, no. two huge stars willing to play together and Gary loves the idea I'm pretty sure that Rafa likes it and if not Carla and David are pretty happy to play together so yeah. if that's not the case then Carla and David can play together well this is all very good and I guess any anything else uh, on Spanish tennis or Rafa final thoughts on on uh, anything before I let you go I really wish that he can go to Rio. I'm not that sure on Wimbledon. I will be there anyway because there are so many Spanish players <laughs> playing, so it's fine. And I really wish, I think that could be really deep and we can have another conversation sometime. But the problem, I think, at the moment in Spain is that the federations are not working properly. Yeah, oh, there's so, been so much, so much controversy. Yeah, yeah so there are no investment. You don't have, like, new players willing to sacrifice maybe going to a different sport because they have more like investment in other sports such as football soccer sorry either one uh so yeah i think there's a problem of like i don't know not just investment but philosophy there's like some lack of philosophy there that you don't have players coming up i would say well we've been through that in the u.s before as well so there you are so there we know we we relate to you very well and thank you very much marta thank you very much for having me this is a pleasure for me so you we can people listening can follow you on twitter at marta underscore mateo is that right yeah and i need followers because i don't have so many (laughs) (laughs) please guys do that thank you very much marta for being with us Thank you, and excuse my English, because it's not that no, very good. it's pretty amazing. Well, Compared to most of the Spaniards, it's very amazing. I try my best, but yeah. Well, there you go. Well, thank you very much, Marta. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of No Challenges Remaining. If you want to listen, follow along when you're not listening, you can do so by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, at NCR underscore tennis. Uh, follow us on iTunes or any other podcast app of your choice and leave reviews there and subscribe. We like that. Send us emails, no challenges remaining at gmail.com. Executive producers of No Challenges Remaining are Pancho Resendez of tennisballs.com and Tal Woolley. We always have an outro song, Marta. Is there a theme song either for you or for Spanish tennis or for Rafa or for wrist injuries or anything? Any song that comes to mind? Theme song. Oh my god. I don't know. You just got me here. I can we can figure something out if need be. Oh god. Just help me out because I I have no idea. I'll find something. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe something with like goodbye or because Rav is gone. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's sad, but we'll do that. We'll do something sad in Spanish. Sad, triste? 
Triste, muy triste, muy triste, muy triste. Adiós, Rafa. Adiós. Adiós, amigos. See you next time.